we had a, a, a very good time of, of prayer this morning. And both of those aspects that, uh, that David shared with us um, um, in, in his songs, we, we reflected on. Um, we reflected on our own human weakness. And, and in times like this, of course, you know, we see our weakness, isn't it? We, um, there is this tendency, especially in modernity, that, you know, only those poor people in, in Africa and in Congo and in Sudan, where, where there is no medicine, um, modern people will say they need God. Uh, we don't need God because we have it all under control. We have modern medicine. We have uh, modern facilities. We eat well. We think well. We live a clean lifestyle. And, and so a lot of people say, we don't need God. But, but what we're coming to realize now is that, that we are weak. My goodness, you know, think about all the bad news that we are hearing um, over and over again and, and today in our time of prayer I think the most beautiful prayer was said by a child I would encourage you all to join us join in in prayer because to hear those children pray and I'm so thankful to Christy for leading us in prayer because I, I think it's beautiful when you have um, women in our congregation lead us uh, in, in prayer and to the throne of grace because there is that aspect of bringing in children. Let's learn from our children. That's what Jesus did, right? He, he learned, he, he, he brought kids into the presence of, of, of the assembly of people. And while his disciples were saying, oh, Jesus, we need to do adult things. Um, Jesus said, no, let us listen to the little children. They know how to worship God. So there was, there were prayers said by little kids about, this angst, this worry in society and the prayer was about, Lord, let this, this ugly virus, this evil virus, let it go away. So many people are suffering. And then, of course, we had a time of praise because I think both are important, right? For one, we need to see our weakness. We are weak. But we also need to look up to the one who is strong. He is amazingly strong. And we take our eyes off our weakness. We take our eyes off our pride, our pride, which is misplaced pride in, in modern medicine or whatever it may be. Uh, but we look towards God who alone is strong. So uh, we give him the highest praise. And then, then we also look at our weakness. Both of those things are very, very important. And our children remind us of that. Um, when I first came uh, to you as your interim teaching pastor, it was two years ago. And I remember those were not easy times. You know, we had just lost um, uh, our beloved pastor to um, another church on the East Coast. And, um, and then soon after that, uh, we lost a dear brother um, um, two years ago, Ryan went to be with the Lord. And so, and, and the whole church stood behind Hani and Amelia and continue to do that. That's so very important. And let's continue to pray for Hani and for Amelia, especially during these times. Um, I, I also want to read to you um, 
uh, a text message that uh, uh, that Steve just sent. Steve and uh, A have been in touch with us during this time of prayer, and uh, A sent uh, a response earlier to my text message in which she talked about how Steve is feeling better and continued to pray for his full recovery. And she says, Anya and I are doing pretty well. We're not sick. Hopefully we won't feel sick. And then following, following that, after a series of text messages, um, uh, Steve also responded. And here's what Steve says, and I want to read this to you. Uh, he says, hi, everyone. Um, I still feel some chest congestion. So let's continue to pray for him. But overall, feel like I'm doing better now. I got a call from one of the doctors from infection control and he said, I can come off as isolation, but to continue wearing mask and practice good social distancing. So that's encouraging. That's encouraging, he says, and, and that is encouraging, isn't it? We have been praying for Steve. Um, and then he says, now I'm going for a walk outside. And there's a smile that he has sent and, and cheers and yay, God is good, isn't it? Uh, let us continue to pray for Steve. And, and I know that some stories uh, like from, we prayed about um, uh, students, um, um, uh, uh, my students, students and perhaps acquaintances of some of yours. Um, there have been bad news because there is bad news, uh, you know, with this coronavirus, with COVID-19, we continue, we, 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 we need to continue to, to look up to God and pray for a victory over this evil, evil virus. This is not of God. No evil can come from God. No plague of this kind can come from God. Um, this is of the evil one. And so we need to pray for victory over this. Uh, and um, uh, today we are going, we're continuing our series of, uh, of meditations on what would have Jesus said to his disciples when, you know, he, he had risen from the dead. And I remember I talked about the scenario where, where he, he's risen from the dead and he is walking alongside these disciples uh, these could well have been, according to some interpreters, and I agree with them, could well have been Clopas and his wife, whose name was Mary. And uh, they're walking to Emmaus and Jesus comes alongside them and says, well, what's going on, guys? What's going on? And, and, and they, they look at him and they said, well, what, where do you come from? Have you come from Mars or something? You don't know what's going on? The, the, the whole um, country is in tumult because there is this Jesus of Nazareth. We trust that he is the Messiah. Many trusted that he is the rabbi. Many went to him. He healed so many people. He, 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 he saved so many Marys in society. And, and, and then he was handed over by these religious leaders called the Sadducees and the Pharisees to Romans who very, very cruelly punished him on the cross. And, and, and we had hoped that he was going to do something dramatic, but he's no more, he's not there anymore. And, 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 and to make matters worse, he was buried three days ago and some women, can you believe it? Some women came and said, he's not there. And one of them said, I even saw him. What? Who knows? You know, and, and so 
unfortunately, that's the way people have looked at the voices of women in society with disbelief. And so then they look at this person and this person says to them, oh, foolish people, haven't you read the Bible? And so this person just opened the Bible, went all the way from Genesis to Exodus, to Leviticus, to Numbers, to Deuteronomy, to Samuel, to Kings, to, to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Psalms, Song of Songs. My goodness, that would have been an amazing Bible study. Wouldn't it have been? Um, so our task is to, to discover what did Jesus say to them? It's not until Jesus broke bread it's not until Jesus broke bread with them that they realized that this is the risen Lord Jesus. So what did Jesus say? What I, uh, what, what I have come to realize in my own research work is that Jesus would have focused on the Aramaic text of the Bible. That's what they read. Aramaic was the language of the people. And in the Aramaic text of the Bible, there's two things that happen. One is there's poetry. Poetry that is find, that finds its way at specific junctures, crucial junctures in the Bible. There's poems. Jesus would have given an exposition of those poems. The second thing I've come to realize as I've read through the text of of the Aramaic Bible, and as I've read through commentaries, ancient commentaries, is that those poems are always prefixed by a word, and that word is the word. That word is the word. It is called Memra. Memra. I'm going to try and see if I can share the screen with you, and I'm going to focus on one poem today and prefix that with some of the other things that go before that poem. And that poem is found in Exodus chapter 15. It is a Memra, Word of God poem. So here, I'm going to share my screen and I think I'm going to disappear, thankfully, from before you and you will see the screen. And so there it is. Um, on the left side, you will see uh, the outline that I have, 12 lessons from Exodus, a walk with Jesus on the Emmaus road through the memra of the word, the word songs of the Old Testament that Jesus would have, I think, sung. That's the beautiful thing, right? Jesus was singing. The risen Jesus was singing to them, just like David King sang to us. And hopefully we all sang with him. Um, in the Aramaic translation that these are called the Targums, where I derive 12 lessons, 12 lessons. And then what I want to do is, I want to see if I can make this part go down somewhere here. And then I want us to read through, would you read through with me Exodus chapter 15, which is one of those poems. It is prefixed by Exodus chapter 14 and verse 31, where God did this amazing, amazing miracle, amazing miracle. He saved them on the third day. They just come out of, uh, out of uh, um, uh, slavery 
and they were pinned against the Red Sea. Um, and uh, the Egyptians said, we're going to kill them now. There's going to be this massacre. But God saved them. So what are the 12 lessons that I draw? Very quickly. I know we have kids among us. So I want to be careful as to how much detail I go into. But the, but the first lesson that I draw again from the Aramaic text of the Bible is the translation that's found in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 25, which says, the servitude of the children of Israel was revealed before the Lord. God personally knew the servitude, the suffering of his people. And the Lord commanded by his word. Do you see that? To deliver them. Whenever bad things happen, be it now during the coronavirus crisis, God suffers with the suffering. God always suffers. The word of God sees and suffers. That's the powerful thing about the Bible, isn't it? No other religion says that. No other religion has this in them that God is a God who suffers with the suffering. Buddhism says, oh, life is suffering. Just deal with it. It's Dukkha. Just deal with it. But the Bible says God suffers with all those that suffered at that time, all those that suffer anytime. Secondly, look at chapter 3 of Exodus in verse 4. And I'm reading from the poetry that Jesus would have read with his disciples as he walked them through the, the, the Bible. It says here, Now it was revealed before the Lord that Moses uh, had turned aside to see. He knew that Moses wanted a way out. Moses was so upset, but he came to see. And the memra, the word of the Lord called to him. You see that on the left side of the screen, called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and Moses answered in the language of the temple and said, here I am, I am ready. Now that's a very important word that's used there. The memra of the Lord revealed himself to Moses and Moses says, Hineni. You know, I'm doing a lot of research work in a woman by the name of Pandita Ramabaya. I often talked about her. My most recent research work has to do with what did she do during the pandemic? There was a plague that was all over the world in 1896, long time ago, which then goes into the Spanish pandemic which was in 1917, 1918. So all the way from 1896 to 1918 was a very, very horrible time all over the world. Think about it. We have modern medicine now. That time you didn't have that kind of medicine. What did you have? You had people like Pandita Ramabai who went on bullock carts and took away girls that were dying of the of the plague that were dying of that pandemic, rescued them, brought them to her. Because she said, here I am. 
That is what the church always has to say. Because Jesus said, here I am. Moses before that said, here I am. God always says, here I am. We should say, here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do during this pandemic? The third lesson, and that's found in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, I have been revealed in my memra, my word to deliver them from the hand of, the, of Egypt and to bring them up from this land to a good and broad land. God, the one who suffers is the word of God who promises his goodness. And we need to look to that. We need to look to God's promises. If we just look at the bad news, my goodness, we will be in depression. But when we look to God, then we see that his promises are ever there and he is going to take us out of this. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, And he said, I, my memra, my word will be with you. You see that? He is with us. He is, he was with Moses. He was with all those people in Exodus. And he says to us, I am with you. Don't worry. I'm with you. My memory, my, my word will be with you. And this will be the sign for you that my word has sent you. Do you see that over and over again? And Jesus would be saying this to the, to the disciples. Think about it. And then, of course, they come out. The fifth point that I put there is when people of God suffer, the word of God passes over. He is with us in times of calamity. He is with us. The, the, and then the and then chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 13, in the Targum, in the Aramaic translation, here's how it reads. And the blood of the Passover lamb shall be with you for a sign over the houses where you're dwelling. And I will see its blood and I will pass over and protect you by my word. That's what God said to Moses. That's what Jesus would have underlined. I am the Passover lamb. My blood was shed for you. The Romans did not kill me. Yes, they had earthly power, but my blood was shed just like the Passover lamb's blood was shed. So God suffers as the Passover lamb. And then the people are perplexed, but God leads them. The memory of the word of God, seventhly says, led before them by day in the pillar of, pillar of cloud to lead them in the way, and by night in the pillar of cloud of fire. Isn't that fascinating? That God who was there with them all those many years, even though they didn't know the way, is with us even today. And so he encourages them to believe. And as they go there, they are pinned against the Red, the, the, the Red Sea, right? And they see this army coming behind them. And of course, these people have been enslaved for 400 years. And so 
they're so, so very, so much in angst, they're so worried and saying, my goodness, there's going to be a massacre. And they look at Moses and they say, what have you done? The, the, you wanted us to be pinned up against the Red Sea so that this horrible army of, of these divine beings of the Pharaoh will come and massacre us? And, and, and we don't have any, any course to run away from him? And then God says to Moses, don't worry, just take your staff and strike the Red Sea. And he does. And it says in chapter, Exodus chapter 14, in verse 31, And Israel saw the power of the mighty hand with which the Lord had acted against the Egyptians. And the people feared from before the Lord. And they believed in what? The word of the Lord. And Jesus is looking at these disciples. I want to picture that. And he's saying, you know who was there with them? I was there. I am the word of God. I was there with them. I am the one who saved them. And so they burst out into this song, which is found in, in Exodus chapter 15, which I have on the right side of the screen. And Moses and the Israelites Mary, Miriam, and all the women and the men sang this song. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. That's so powerful, right? The Lord, my strength, my defense, he's become my salvation. He's my God, and I'll praise him, my Father's God. I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. So they sang that song. Let's read it here in the Targum, in the language of, of Jesus as he read to the people on the road to Emmaus. Here's what it says. Then Moses and the children of Israel praised this song of praise before the Lord and said, saying, let us give thanks and praise before the Lord, just like David Kim led us in praise. He, by his word, do you see that? His memra exacts retribution for him. Pharaoh thought he was God. He thought the horses were God. And all of them are in the scene now. Why? Because of the word of God. Because of the word of God. Look at Exodus chapter 15 and verse 2. That is found in this translation in Aramaic. It says, my strength and my praise are awesome. The Lord said by his word. That's what Jesus would have emphasized. I'm the word of God. It is by my word. He has become my salvation. That's the word Jesus. I was there, said Jesus. I was there with the people. I was their salvation. And I will build for him a sanctuary, the God of my fathers, and I will worship. There's so much there in this poetry, but I'm going to go further, a little further here in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11, where they're saying, Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you? majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. In Hebrew, it is 
Mikamoka baeli madonai, Mikamoka nedel bakodesh, Nora tehilo, Nora tehilo, can you imagine Jesus was singing this song to those dumbfounded disciples? He's singing this song and he's saying to them, and I'm going to read here on this side. Who is like you, O Lord among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises? You raised your right hand. The earth swallowed them up. In your kindness, lead this people whom you have redeemed. Lead, uh, lead in your strength to your holy dwelling, the house where your Shekinah, your word dwells. Lead them. That is what Jesus did. And then he goes on to say, until your people pass over. See that on the left side of the screen? Of the screen? Until your people pass over the wadis of the Arnon, O Lord. Until your people, whom you have redeemed and resurrected, pass over the ford of Jordan. Any rivers that there be that is coming before you, whether it be the Red Sea, sea or it be the dead sea or it be the river jordan or it be coronavirus no matter what it is he will enable us to pass over because he has always passed over isn't that powerful that's what jesus said you will bring them in and cause them to inherit the mountain of your inheritance the place prepared for the temple of your shekinah your glory your word that you have founded and resurrected. That's what Jesus said. They tried to bury me, but I am resurrected because I am a God of resurrection. That is the central aspect of the message of Jesus that he gave to those disciples on the road to Emmaus. That is the message that he gives us even today. So let's continue to read this. The children of Israel said, how beautiful it is for you, the crown of the kingdom, O Lord, O word of God. When your children saw your miraculous signs in the sea and the power among the waves, at the hour they opened their mouths together and said, the kingdom from before the foundation of the world is the Lord's and is forever and ever. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Can you say that with me? The Lord will reign forever and ever because he is the risen Lord. Yes, he died for us on the cross. Yes, he shed his blood, but he did that because of our sin. He died for our sins and the sins of the world. But his blood was shed for us that we would know purity and righteousness and justice and salvation. His body was broken for us 
so that we would know resurrection power in our lives. So I want to read this section for you and see where I may find it. That is okay, I've lost it on my screen. So let's go into, um, let's go into um, the remembrance of the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper in the night that our Lord was um, betrayed, in the light that our Lord was betrayed. Would you take uh, each family member, would you take uh, with you um, the elements of, of the Lord's table? and partake with me. Partake with me of this. So beloved, this is the Lord's table. Um, and our savior invites us, those who trust him to share the feast which he has prepared. Come to the sacred table with you. Not because you must, but because you may. Come to testify, not that you're righteous. We are not. We're not. But that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and that you desire to be one of his true disciples. Come not, come not because you're strong. You know, we're not strong. We've, we've reflected on that. But because we are weak. Not because... You have any claim on the grace of God? We don't. But because in our frailty and sin, we stand in constant need of his mercy and help. Come not to express an opinion in theology or in eloquence, no. But come to seek his presence and his resurrection power. Because this is what the word of God says. The Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And he said, Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, amotzi lachem, min hashamayim. I am the bread from heaven. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body for you. This is my body for you. Do this 
in remembrance of me. So would you take a loaf of bread and break it for your family? Our Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you for this broken body. Oh, word of God, you were broken back then during the time of Moses. And then in history, you were broken 2,000 years ago. And you are broken even today. So as we partake of this, your body, we pray, O oh Lord, that we would know what it is to partake of your broken body and being your broken body to the world. So we seek to be one with you, O Lord, as we partake of this, your bread, your body that's broken for our sins. Thank you. In the name of your risen body, our risen Lord, we pray. Amen. Would you partake of the bread and say to each other, take, this is the body of Christ broken for you. In like manner, after the bread, Jesus poured the third cup. There's four cups in the Passover Seder, the last supper that Jesus partook with his disciples. The first cup is the cup of holiness. The second cup is the cup of judgment. The third cup is the cup of salvation, the cup of redemption. I think it's all three cups that Jesus was referring to. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in the blood of Christ. In his blood, in my blood, said Jesus. Drink of it in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your blood. Your blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. Where that Roman soldier went and pierced your side and forthwith came out blood and water. We thank you for that blood that was shed for our sins. As we partake of this, your cup of the new covenant, we pray, Lord, that we would be a part of your mission here on earth during this time of crisis. 
bless us. Thank you so much for dying for us on the cross. In your name, we pray and partake of this, the cup of salvation, new covenant. Amen. Would you partake of the cup with me, please? Would you distribute it to family members or if you're all by yourself? Oh Lord, our loving God, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your body, the body of Christ, the word of God. And we have fed, you have fed us with spiritual food, with spiritual food from your word, a word of God, and in the sacrament of this body and blood. So Lord, we pray that you would give us now your presence, your peace, and grant all of us your healing strength and sustaining power through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So beloved, as you go into the world, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance, his face, that face of the word of God that came down to earth, suffered and died on the cross. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face, his beautiful, amazing face of the word of God, the memory of God, and may he give you his peace, his peace that transcends all understanding. May Jesus' presence be with you. Now, and in the days to come and be safe okay always live with the living word of god